J.T. Crowley is Talking Books. On this show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. They'll give you their take on the writing process and how to create the secret sauce of page-turning deliciousness. Let's get into that magical mixture of the art and science of creativity. Here's J.T. Crowley, author of The Smart Kids and your podcast host. Hello. I'm J.T. Crowley, and I'm delighted to invite on the show today Dr. Daniel Brubecker from Fresno, California, in the United States. He's here to talk about his book, Psychosology, Political Dysfunction of the Republican Party. Dr. Brubecker has spent half his career in academic medicine, including the universities of Pittsburgh Health Science Center, Oklahoma University Health Center, the University of California, San Francisco, UCSF Departments of Pathology. And the last 20 years he spent in medicine, including legal and clinical medicine. I understand that with near to 50 years in the medical profession, he has specialized in a few areas that have been nephrology, pathology, and musculoskeletal disorders. Dr. Daniel has been a lifelong advocate of the Republican Party, COP, Grand Old Party, I even looked that when I read this book. I wondered what was GOP standing for, and now I know it's Grand Old Party. But his support, is it wavering? As he starts to question the direction of his party that he's so loved over all these years. With regards to his own profession and his med- medical profession, he's got no intention of retiring until his body tells him to do so. So let's invite him on the show to talk about the book he has written, Psychosocial Political Dysfunction of the Republican Party. Dr. Brubecker, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a huge pleasure. And your book I found fascinating. I found gripping. I found uh, educational. Um, it's not a book, everybody, for a bedtime read. It's a book to think about. It's a thought-provoking book, and it certainly did that when I was looking at it. Um, so, Dr. Brubaker, before we actually open the book, could you tell the audience, the listeners, a little bit about yourself and why you wrote this book? Why, why have you written this book? Well, I wrote the book because uh, I've been following the Republican Party and the last 30 years, I've not been happy with the direction it's been going. It kind of starts off with Newt Gingrich as um, Speaker of, uh, of the, um, uh, what is it? The, um, Speaker of the House, yes. So, uh, he, you know, was um, very uh, difficult in terms of uh, getting along with the Democratic group of people. And he uh, was more or less always uh, being critical and uh, calling the Democrats socialists and um, jackasses and all that business. So... It got started as him being um, 
an opposition defiant person, uh, the terrible twos. I would, when I would see him on TV and he was being defiant, I would say, geez, he's acting like uh, uh, a two-year-old with, um, uh, with, with the terrible twos and uh, having uh, his little episodes. So I was following him along and following the Republican party for the past 30 years. And uh, it's gotten worse over the past seven years to the point of being um, um, mentally, I think, dysfunctional in terms of the direction it's going. So that's what prompted me to write the book. There you go, everyone. Um, let's open the book, Dr. Brubecker. Now, there are 10 chapters here, everybody. When I looked at your book, I have to say that I read it while sitting in a cafe in what can be described as the old town in Bucharest, the capital of Romania. But I also started to read it, everybody, while I was on my flight out from Birmingham Airport to Bucharest. And I shared the, the story as with uh, a lady who was sitting next to me, and she was a, a lady from the BBC production team. Um, a producer in one of the programs, and she was fascinated by the book as well. And she told me to, I've got to talk about a couple of chapters, so I am going to talk about those chapters. But she thought they were poignant to the book. Um, but yes, it was fascinating, though, to sit in the old part of Bucharest and read this phenomenal book written by Dr. Brubaker. But for me, five chapters stood out. So I would like to go to those chapters now, for I feel these chapters are a fair reflection of the book. Fair enough to give you, the listeners, the viewers, a flavour of uh, the writing of Dr. Daniel. So I'd like to go to chapter one first, Dr. Daniel. Republican yes. confusion in differentiating fact versus fiction. You start this chapter off with uh, Republicans talk about fact versus fiction and how Donald Trump and his predecessors have told thousands of lies to the American people. You have various subheadings like observations, identification, documentation, analysis, investigation, statistical methods, verification, viral testing, You've got an awful lot packed in this first chapter here, Dr. Brubaker. So my question to you is, why the contents of this first chapter and why did you set it out under these subheadings? So I wanted to be educational and I wanted people to understand how facts are created and how uh, facts can be manipulated. So... Throughout the, this chapter, I was uh, uh, discussing the the way facts are um, uh, produced, and there's certain sections in there that I, I describe, uh, you know, quasi uh, quasi facts, and um, I also uh, describe. Um, I go well. I go from from uh, facts to myths, and then also to um uh let's see uh, mostly myths i guess towards the end and 
so, you know, I, I wanted people to understand how uh, dysfunctional the Republicans are in terms of disinformation. And disinformation is, is the intentional use of um, facts to deceive people. And that's what they're doing. They're doing it politically. You know, within your book, you also go on to say, particularly in chapter two, so let's go to that. Uh, For me, this was a key chapter. You had it uh, up, Republicans behave like toddlers. Now, when you put the word toddlers there, that really caught my eye. And I thought, yeah, this is one of the um, chapters that needs to go in. And my uh, BBC production lady agreed with me as, as well, everybody. This chapter has to come in, she says. Um, so you're, you're talking in this chapter when you look at it, you know, about toddlers, you're talking about the terrible twos, you're talking about the development of a child's mind, and you are talking about child psychology and how that also transgresses into adulthood. And you feel that... Some of those uh, toddler behaviors have carried on into particularly the the hierarchy of the GOP, the Grand Old Party, the Republican Party. And it is those, um, you know, characteristics that are affecting the way that you see the Republican Party today. That's why you've said they're behaving like toddlers. Would you care to embellish, embroider on your thinking, say, for us all? Well, as I started off with why I, I was writing the book, um, I would see in Newt Gingrich the temper tantrums, shutting down the government, uh, doing the, all those sorts of things. And I would say, and this was like 20, 30 years ago, I would say he's having a temper tantrum. He's acting like a two-year-old, like a five-year-old. And I'm not the only one, you know, <clears throat> recently who have said Republicans are acting like children. And so I wanted to uh, describe the, the normal behavior of uh, toddlers and preschoolers into uh, teenage years so that people understood what was normal. And then I also wanted to describe what was abnormal, which is opposition to fine disorder. And that's when the terrible twos uh, continue on through uh, teenage years into adulthood. And that's what we see and have seen with Newt Gingrich and now with a lot of uh, Republicans um, in Congress. so uh, I, I described that, and then also conduct disorder, which is another uh, issue that starts out early in the years and travels throughout the teenage years into adulthood. So conduct disorder um, is a precursor to uh, psychopathy, and we're seeing psychopathy in and sociopathy in uh, some of the uh, Republicans as well. So that was the reasoning for the the chapter. I wanted to, again, like I said, educate so that people knew what was normal and what was abnormal. 
Because in the summary, as you do, you, you know, at most of the chapters, you do summarize that towards the end. And I was fascinated, you know, in your summary in this chapter two here, you, you talked about deficient disorders and conduct disorders of which you've just gone through. But I thought they were highlighted in the summary there, which I thought was very, very important. Don't you? I'm sorry. The deficient disorders and conduct disorders that you talked about in the summary, Dr. Brubaker, they're very, very important um, issues, Uh, aren't they? Yes, they are issues because, um, like I said, opposition defiant disorder, uh, this uh, basically um, represents the... uh, the meltdowns of um, two-year-olds, and they have a lot of anger, a lot of defiance. Uh, they don't. Um, uh, they don't have any um, uh, interest in in terms of getting along with people. And the conduct disorder, um, uh, young children are bullies and. They <clears throat> they have um, uh, a lot of problems when they're in the teenage years, being uh, very defiant and doing um, things like uh, destroying property, uh, harming pets, and doing that type of thing. So uh, it's clear to me that uh, some of the uh, things that we're seeing here in the United States with these um, uh, shootings that are going on with um, schools and um, mass killings. Uh, some of the people have um, are psychopathic and probably have conduct disorders. Uh, one example would be the one the the uh, the shooter at Uvalde in Texas. He definitely had a conduct disorder. He had problems getting along with people. He bullied people, and he shot his grandmother. So that's typical of of a psychopath. And so I think that's important to uh, observe and also see those kind of uh, activities in um, the Republicans that are in, in, in Congress. Um, I think that's a fascinating argument. Um, but we, um, just to give people a more opening flavour of the book, I want to now move on, Dr. Brubecker, to Chapter 5. Um, this is very interesting, Understanding Crowd and Herd Psychology. Firstly, why did you put the subject matter of this chapter in the book? And what's the significance to the overall theme of the book? Does this chapter add value do you think this had value to the message that you're getting across here, this chapter? Herd psychology. Yes, I, I think so, because I'm I'm explaining why um, Republicans are following people like Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And in order to do that, you have to explain uh, all the theories uh, about uh, crowd psychology, herd psychology, and and that's what I was doing in this chapter. And one of the um, uh, persons that I was talking with uh, from New York, that's that's a writer, uh, said you have to include 
crowd theory in the book because uh, it represents what um, people are doing following Trump and so forth. Because you say, you know, um, herd psychology is often used synonymously with crowd psychology. That's the message that's getting across here clearly, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, herd psychology is mm. is interesting in that um, a herd, you know, is a, a group of animals that have hoofs. And uh, you can observe this in nature uh, with... Uh, for example, uh, cows are, you know, you have them come into the barn to be milked. You have one cow out front and all the rest are following. It's kind of a, a contagion type of situation where the um, where the cows are following one another and they're, you know, compliant. So you see that also with the Republicans following uh, various leaders. Absolutely. So do you think at the moment, Dr. Brobecker, that the GOP, you know, using these thinkings, these psychologies, is they're using it to their own advantage? And do you think it's a fair advantage at the moment? That's a hard question. Um, I think, I think they're, uh, I think they're somewhat doing it intentionally and unintentionally. So the um, the behavior that they have in terms of um, propaganda and that type of thing um, may be uh, intentional. Mm. But then things like conspiracy theories, uh, these people are delusional. They're paranoid. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're doing it intentionally. It's probably part of their uh, their, their makeup. So, yeah, it's 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 a difficult uh, problem. I think it's micromanagement in a way. It's how they're managed. How the people around them tell them to do it. That's my own personal belief, anyway. Yeah, that that could be. Um, I think there's a lot of possibilities in terms of this this situation. You know, Dr. Brubaker, in the summary of um, Chapter 7, you write the Republicans have gone from a mature progressive party at the end of the 19th century, early 20th century, to a regressive immature party at the end of the 20th century and beginning of the 21st century. Do you think that's a fair comment, that most Americans and others outside America would agree with you? Oh, I think for sure. I think I think the, uh, the Europeans um, and the Brits are really concerned about the direction uh, the Republican Party has been going in and the direction the United States has been going in. I think, you know, with, with uh, President Biden, they've been comfortable with that. But look who's running uh, in 2024. We have a fascist DeSantis, a fascist Trump, and uh, it's scary. I think it's probably, it's far more scarier than socialism by far. Uh, and the Republicans like to use, you know, they like to direct uh, socialism towards the Democrats. And it's, it's not, uh, they're not socialists because it's not an economic system. 
within the Democratic Party. They um, you have to have an economic system in socialism to be socialist. Uh, what oh, yes. the Democrats have is a is a social democracy, a utilitarian type of um, philosophy, and and the Republicans don't have that. I call the Republicans. Um, in fact, I came up with this idea that uh, of nefariousism, which is the uh, um, absolute ban for the absolute for the greatest number of people, which is opposite to utilitarianism, which is the greatest good for the greatest number of people, and. You know, your um your philosophers from England, uh, like uh Jerry, Jeremy Bentham and uh John Stuart Mill, they they talked about uh, utilitarianism and how great it is to reach uh happiness throughout life and through for the whole um you know, society to reach happiness. And you don't find that with the the uh Republicans. They want to destroy everything. They are trying to destroy um all the good social pro- programs that have been set up in the past. And it's, it's absolutely insane. This, uh, the debt ceiling that they're, they're, uh, going through this opposition defiant type of situation is, is, is crazy. It, that, it shouldn't even be that way, but you know, they're conservative and they want to, um, do damage to the, to the Democrats and, and they don't want, they don't want, um, Biden to run again. So this is trying to do damage to him as well. It's it's not a positive thing that they're doing. Do you think the, um, you know, certainly by when I look at your book, I get the underlying um, impression that you think they're a little bit lost in their way at the moment, the, uh, the GOP. Well, uh, I, I, I think that, I don't know if, the, if they're lost so much in that, uh, you know, they're, they're the party of conservatism. Oh, yes. And, and the conservatism, um, that I think I outlined in chapter nine is, uh, a number of con- conservative factions. And they can't they can't really put that all together in terms of uh, policymaking. Uh, I, I I don't know I don't I I don't know if they're they're lost so much as if they are intentionally are just playing down conservative and uh, want to stay that way and not not make any progress. Okay. Let's hold that thought there. Let's go to chapter uh, eight, Dr. Daniel, uh, uh-huh. which is fed up the psychology of President Donald Trump. Yeah. Under the section, um, you've got several sections again here. You know, under the section mental health and um, other brain dysfunctions, um, read the introduction. You write a short definition of uh, psychopath, narcissist, Liar, lack sympathy, uses other people for self-gain, and twist the law. And you go on to say that you met him in 2015 and felt at that time that um, this definition of psychopath fitted him um, reasonably well. And you go on in that chapter to say you add uh, manic, particularly when you're up all night tweeting 
And you go on to say, talk about chronic liar, manipulative, repetitive, um, all, you know, you know, uh, a character of uh, what you say of Donald Trump. And I think perhaps it's fair enough to say that the world perhaps sees uh, what you see as well. So this is, uh, for me, a very, very important chapter that you put in the book. What's your viewpoint on why you put this chapter in this book, Dr. Daniel? So um, there have been um, various uh, terms for uh, his behavior from uh, psychiatrists, uh, forensic psychiatrists, uh, Yale, Harvard psychiatrists, who have labeled him, and in fact, his uh, niece has labeled him as narcissistic. I've heard the term uh, sociopath. I heard the term psychopath. So I've heard all these terms, and I thought, hmm, um, this is all under antisocial uh, personality disorders, uh, antisocial uh, issues. So... Uh, narcissism is under that, paranoia is under that, um, and I, I, you don't really see it in the DSM-5, uh, which is a manual for uh, psychiatric disorders, but I split out sociopathy from psychopathy, and I don't, I haven't found that anyplace else in the psychiatric literature, or um, it's certainly not in the DSM-5, and I did this... Um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is, is that people were using these terms. I, it was, they were kind of misleading. So I decided, okay, well, sociopaths are this and, and psychopaths are that. And in the book, I have a table. I think I have 10 different traits. You do. And the, the, uh, the sociopaths, um, uh, he fits, he fits the, uh, the traits for psychopath and social uh, and sociopath, and I think it's it's probably a spectrum, um, and that's maybe why the psychiatrists have called this antisocial uh, disorder, a uh, personality disorder, because it is a spectrum. But I think in order to um, uh, research this further, it would be best to um, separate them because. Uh, psychopaths have uh, a genetic disorder. Uh, the um, monoamine oxidase inhibitor gene is abnormal. So th there's a more production of serotonin in the brain. It causes anger and other issues. And sociopaths, I, it seems to me, are more developmental. So uh, sociopaths are white-color criminals. Psychopaths are serial killers. So I think separating this two would be great for um, research in the future to sort this out and as a result, be able to treat sociopaths versus psychopaths. And I see Donald Trump as having all the features that I outlined on the table uh, in the table um, in this chapter. It's fascinating though, when you looked at the summary again, the chapter eight has got a summary at the end, everybody. And it's clear that many areas of, you say, that many areas of his brain are dysfunctional. 
the neural pathways and circuitry are misfiring. Interesting, I thought. I thought I'll ask you that. Hmm. Well, an example, um, I like this example, which is he repeats himself. It does. And it's it's uh, quite repetitive. Um, and and people have thought that, well, he's doing that to, um, you know, like like um, propagandists used to to repeat things over and over the, to get it uh, clear to their uh, opposition or to the other people uh, what their thought process is. And I don't, I don't see it that way, uh, because he, he does this all the time. And there's a portion of the brain for repetition of, of words. And I think that's dysfunctional. Um, in strokes, uh, this gets shut off and, and the patients have aphasia and they can't, they can't talk. So they write out their, uh, they write out, write out everything to communicate. And I think this might be a dysfunctional part of the brain that he has that's um, not working, and therefore he repeats, repeats, and repeats. Interesting. Um, Dr. Daniel, let's leave the presidents of Donald Trump for the, behind for the time being. Let's get on to Chapter 9 of your amazing book, you know, summation of the psychosocial dysfunction of the Republican Party. You talk about child development, um, two childhood behavioral disorders that transgress into adulthood. You talk about moral humanism, um, QAnon, the start of, uh, Donald Trump promoting all of the fastest characteristics and behavior to the extreme. Christians, evangelicals, and the religious rights, diehard, relentless Republicans, conservatism in a variety of formats, white supremacy, white nationalism, the Ku Klux Klan, Trump followers. You certainly have packed an awful lot into this chapter. Why? Um, I have. You know, there's... Um... There's a couple recent books that uh, that talk about um, white nationalism, and uh, the whole book is specifically on that. Uh, one uh, that I recall is uh, hate. Let's see, hate in uh, the homeland. I forget the author's name, but she goes through the, the entire. Uh, uh, behavior and everything where it originated from this this white nationalism you know uh there's a lot of confusion with i think a lot of confusion with nationalism you know uh nationalism uh, fits under the heading of of fascism fascism is an authoritarian uh, uh far right uh nationalist ideology uh that's the the white nationalists fit into. And I've kind of broke that down to um, national uh, conservatism, uh, the alt-right, uh, the white separatists, which uh, are the Oath Keepers, uh, and the Proud Boys, uh, the white supremacist, uh, which is David Duke running that, 
uh, the uh, neo-Nazis with Richard Spencer running that. Um, the Nazis, we have a Nazi party in the United States. And really, um, Nazis, in order to be a Nazi, you have to follow the uh, German uh, National Socialist Workers' Party. And actually, the leader of that, of the, of, of the uh, Nazi party in America also kind of set that up. Uh, this is uh, Rocky Sidhide, who's uh, running the, uh, the uh, Nazi party in America. Uh, this was started by George Lincoln Rockwell, I think around the 1930s or thereabouts, and then he died and Rocky took over. So this all falls under white nationalism or nationalism. And a lot of people, you know, use these terms, but I, I think they kind of abuse them, uh, not really describing what they are. You know, um, did you enjoy writing this book, putting it together? And what, are you going to write, do any more writing? What's next? What's coming down the line? Um. I did enjoy writing the book because it was uh, cathartic for me. Uh, instead of being, you know, getting angry uh, every time I hear something on NPR or uh, um, your your British uh, stations and um, British broadcasting uh, group and um, the TV and everything, I'd hear something, you know, that about this something that's stupid i would get angry so <laughs> i decided that you know instead of getting angry i'm gonna write out my anger and that's what i i did with this book so it was it was fun i learned a lot i especially learned a lot about um uh crowd theory um and then going through socialism all the different kinds of socialism uh i didn't realize how many different uh uh socialist uh ideologies there were in the in in the world and then also going through the history of fascism was also interesting to me so i learned a lot and i wanted to uh pass that on to the readers so um they could learn as well so the the other question you had is what am i doing next so the, the the book that I just uh, in the process of completing is called um, uh, Grief, uh, Forgiveness, Acceptance, and Rejection. And I'm writing that because I, as a physician, I deal with uh, with with patients that are grieving. Uh, I myself have gone through a lot of um, personal is issues and health issues that. Uh, I know firsthand what it is, what it's like to grieve and how I can possibly help people with that. Um, I go through rejection. And one of the things that bothers me with what's happened with uh, abortion in, in the United States is they're forcing these women to have um, babies that are really unwanted. And when a child is unwanted, 
Uh, it's called detachment disorder. And these, these uh, children then become isolated. Uh, they, they, uh, they develop into um, uh, opposition to bind disorder type things. And to me, you know, this is, this is wrong to, to be doing this. So I do have I do have uh, some information on that in the book. I also the, la the last chapter I deal with hate or hatred uh, as a rejection type of thing. So it should be another good book. I hope that people will learn uh, a great deal from what I'm writing. For me, I get the impression, uh, Dr. Daniel, that your books you've written them so that people can take take things away from them. They're not bedtime reads, everybody. They're there to provoke your thoughts and take something away from them. Fair comment. That's a fair comment. And, Good. you know, also, you know, I had, I was at a book signing um, uh, thing at um, the Los Angeles Times uh, fair, book, book fair uh, about a month or two ago. And the people that was coming up to have uh, to get a, a signed book were young people. They were um, uh, college students, and one of them said, "You know, I'm going to do a little project on this uh, for one of my uh, um, courses." And I had a mother come up and say, "You know, my my 17 year old son is interested in politics. He'll enjoy reading this." So it's people who want to learn. Um, the MAGAs in, in the Republican Party, they're not going to read this. They, they don't care. They're, you know, they have their mindset, and it, that's it. And they're not, not going to try to learn anything differently. They're not going to learn anything about themselves. They're not going to change. And that is what it is. Where can people get your books from, Dr. Daniel? Well, they can get it from um, uh, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and from Archway's uh, website. And we also have an audio that's um, from Apple. So there's several uh, several places they can, they can purchase it. So you see, everybody, that's where you can get the books from. And also on this podcast, you will see the link to the book at the bottom of the podcast. So you can link there and you can get the book from there. And also on the podcast, there are the links to Dr. Uh, Brew Baker's social media sites. You can click on there and find out all about him. But have a look at the written introduction because there's a lot more there about Dr. Brew Baker and his book. But for the time being, Dr. Brew Baker, thank you very much for coming on my show and to talk about your phenomenal book. And I can't wait to read the next one. But I don't know where I'm going to read that one. Perhaps I need to go back to another country and sit in a cafe shop and read that one. <laughs> Or you could go to a, a nice island in the Mediterranean and, and read it. <laughs> there you go, everyone. Well, everybody, as I end all my podcasts, I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening, watching wherever you're in the world. Until next time, stay safe.